We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning and welcome to the Bob Rose Rewind. Yeah, Bob's still in Ireland. Yeah, taking one for the team. (laughs) It's okay. Greg Cassidy sitting in the Bob Lounger this week. It has been a busy week on the Bob Rose Show, of course, for the election and everything. One thing that's really important in election season is integrity in our elections. We had Representative Daniel Perez check in the Bob Rose Show and fill us in a little bit on his views and what's going on with the governor in that respect. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? There you go. Can you hear me now? Oh! So, obviously, when it comes to elections, uh, face it, a lot of Americans just don't trust the system. One thing we know for sure is bad actors are always going to exist. And although we have made significant progress in the state of Florida with regards to election integrity, we haven't gotten to where we wanted to. So what we did is this past session, if you remember, we had spoken about it briefly on our show, on your show, um, we, we created the Election Integrity and Security Office to make sure that those people that voted illegitimately, either tried to vote twice or were not supposed to vote for mm-hmm. whatever reason, felonies included, that those people would uh, would be penalized with a third-degree felony. And we were increased that from a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor wasn't doing anything, and people were still taking that risk and trying to get a couple extra votes in. So we recently made 20 arrests here in Florida for people that illegitimately voted, some of them voting twice people that knew exactly what they were doing when they were voting in another state came to florida and the same thing in our own backyard those people have now received a third degree felony and are going through the criminal process and what we're trying to do is make sure that when people see this or they hear this news that they don't get the same idea well i think that's an important thing and that's you know we've seen that scenario when it comes to all these da's around the country when you basically let criminals loose no matter what they've done you're only going to get more bad behavior. If you don't make a point, and, I, and this applies to elections, obviously just in this scenario, you got to make a point. There's got to be a repercussion when you decide to do bad things. Absolutely, and we're doing just that. And the beauty of this is I remember when I ran the election integrity bill, uh, it, it was a partisan vote. Republicans voted for it, and Democrats voted against it. Hmm, the beautiful thing about this is that of the arrests that have taken place, the ones that we know, and not all the information is made public, of what we know, but there are, we can tell that there are Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. So this is not tailored towards one party or mm-hmm. another. It doesn't matter what letter you have next to your name when you go vote. What matters is that if you're committing fraud, that we actually come, come after you and we prosecute you. That's what's important. Well, you, you've got to get some integrity going again, in a sense. Like I said, you know, after 2020, 
face it, do you think most Americans really even trust the system? They, They know, again, how it's supposed to work. But then they see what happens when they see the results. And in this case, you know, even at the local level, you got people who are somehow finding a way to skirt the system, and they, they get by with it for a while. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I'm one of these people that used to vote by uh, absentee ballot, and uh, I no longer do so. And not because I don't trust the absentee ballot process. If you submit your vote through absentee ballot, it should get there, and you can confirm that through your local supervisor of election. But for whatever reason, I have a different peace of mind when I'm in person at the precinct voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to do so yesterday. The lines were, were short. I hope uh, everyone else was able to do so as well. And for those that didn't, uh, make sure you go out and vote on Tuesday. Well, you know, I, I love the the little meme. Memes can sometimes really make a point on, on social media. And one was, well, if you trust the mail system, nothing against our postal carriers, then put $500 cash in an envelope and mail it versus actually taking it to the person that you want to give it to in person. And I think that when something so simple makes you go, you know, maybe there's a little something to that. Uh, it it kind of, if nothing else, it kind of wakes you up, I guess, to a, a little awareness of, how fragile the system is, but obviously you're doing what you can to make sure that at least, and our governor, of course, that things are on track and that there is repercussion for these people. That's that's absolutely right, and and there is there is there are repercussions. And, you know, this new office that we've created, we've increased the amount of investigators, so we have more people looking into some of these alleged crimes. We have a hotline that the Department of State has created, so that people that have maybe seen fraud or think they've seen fraud can can forward that complaint and Secretary Court Bird can get his team on it as soon as possible. So we definitely have the right parameters in place so that people feel safe and secure to send in their absentee ballot. Um, but, but you know, there, there is, I'm an old school guy. I'm young at heart, uh, but, but I'm an old school guy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like going to the precinct with your wife and kids and watching your kids actually get the, the I voted sticker. Yeah. So that's what we did yesterday. But, wow. but nonetheless, it is important for people to know that the absentee ballot is a safe and secure process. We're talking to Representative Daniel Perez. And of course, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, announced the other day the arrest of 20 criminals when it comes to election and uh, voting Im- improperly. And, and I don't mean to throw you a curve, but I know that one area when it comes to voting, because we're in a college town here in Gainesville, and in this part of the country, we've got some universities. There's always that thing that people worry about. Okay, the students, if they're allowed to vote where they're going to school, are they still voting back home? And really, is the place that you, again, I'll do air quotes here, stay for a couple of years or four years and it's not necessarily your permanent residence, is that really where you should be voting? Or do you think, as I think a lot of Americans that have, at least people that are talking to us locally, they think they should be voting maybe absentee for where they're actually from? What What do you think about that whole scenario? Well, look, what we've been able to do in Florida is we've, we've been able to give people a freedom of choice. I went to Florida State. Don't hold it against me for those listeners in Gainesville. But <laughs> okay. I, I, did go, I did go to Florida State and uh, – I changed my voter registration because I wanted to vote in person in Tallahassee, and so I was able to do so. Um, but if I hadn't have done that, then I, I, I wouldn't. Have, I would have been able to send in my absentee ballot once I went home mm-hmm. uh, to turn that in. So I would tell people, you know, the ability to change your voter registration is is so simple. It really is. I would tell them to, to do so, and if not, then to, to go home to vote. But usually, you want to change your voter registration to wherever you're residing, and if you're full time at in, at UF, for example. 
uh, it's probably easier to switch your voter registration to the U.S. I think people have the concern, though. They don't trust, because we've seen so many things where, okay, how many dead people are still on voter rolls? How many people that haven't lived in a state for 20 years are still on a voter roll? Are we doing a good job of getting that cleaned up on the local level so that everybody gets informed when somebody changes their voter status? Because that's a biggie. Well, we, we just changed that process here in this in this law that we passed during our last session. What used to happen is a supervisor of election had to update or maintain their voter registration list every other year, and there were different ways they could have done so. We've changed that to now every single year they have to update, and by that I mean the supervisor of election has to update their list, their registration list, to make sure that it's accurate and that people that are receiving their absentee ballot have confirmed that their uh, address or where they reside mm-hmm. and that they're actually using them. If you're not voting for absentee ma- uh, ballot, after two cycles, well, now the supervisor election has to pull your absentee ballot off the off the record until you actually go in person. You can still vote in person, but you won't be receiving that ballot anymore if you're not responding and confirming that that's where you're residing, either by confirmation of your address or by voting. So we put in some some parameters Good. to hopefully stop that. Now, I think also too, uh, the governor has put uh, some direction in place that has to do with like how long, uh, you know instructions on basically the records that they keep how long they have to be preserved until things are looked at is that whole part of the same process you're talking about yes that that is all part of the same process what we're trying to do here is just make sure that accountability is that is at its highest level um, gotcha. and, I, and, I, and i think we've accomplished that but what i can tell you is this is a topic that we're going to visit again next year and uh I, I don't think our work here is done election integrity is something that you always have to work on regardless of how much uh success you've had in recent years. Representative Daniel Perez on the Bob Rose Rewind. Greg Cassidy sitting in for the vacationing Bob Rose. You might have heard about a crazy police chase the other day that started in Tampa. Captain Kaylee Beal from the Alachua County Sheriff's Office going to fill us in on that and all things going on in the county next on the Bob Rose Rewind. 97.3 The Sky. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. You're listening to the Bob Rose Rewind on 97.3 The Sky. Greg Cassidy sitting in for Bob Rose. So I got a text during traffic the other day from Captain Kaylee Beal of the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. A huge police chase was underway, and that was affecting folks right here in our community. Let's find out what that was all about. Here's Captain Beal for the Alachua County Sheriff's Office on the Bob Rose Rewind. Good morning, Greg. It was a pretty big incident. Just after 7 a.m., we got a call from the Florida Highway Patrol requesting assistance. 
They were pursuing a vehicle that was coming on I-75 northbound from Marion County into Alachua County. Mm -hmm. The driver was driving in the wrong lane of traffic. So it was very dangerous. Um, He had committed an armed carjacking in Tampa and also stolen a box truck. Um, He fled from FHP. We got involved. He got off on Archer Road exit. He traveled Archer Road, briefly went into Celebration Point. He went through the Best Buy parking lot in Butler Plaza, onto 34th Street, briefly into 20th Avenue, uh, coming into oncoming traffic multiple times. He, He struck signs, citizen vehicles, patrol cars. We were all trying to stop him, but there are challenges in getting a large box truck like that off the road mm-hmm. because uh, vehicles like that are difficult to stop. Tactics like the precision and mobilization technique that work so well on regular vehicles don't work well on, on big, uh, you know, high center of gravity vehicles like that. So you face challenges that present themselves and you try to figure out how to overcome it. In this case, uh, the driver made a decision to jump out of the vehicle on Southwest 34th Street right in front of the Metro Diner there. And law enforcement reacted quickly to take him into custody as quickly and as safely as possible. And now he's facing numerous felony charges and is currently in the Alachua County Jail awaiting first appearance this morning. I, I think he was just in Tampa and somebody Eddie asked a friend, say, hey, you know, we're going to get a good breakfast. And they're like, oh, Metro Diner in Gainesville. Here's my truck. OK, maybe I made that part up. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that was a, a dangerous drive uh, to go get some breakfast for sure, you know. Our vehicle pursuit's inherently dangerous, but yep. this is a great example of how the danger of this man's driving and the immediate need to stop him outweighed the dangerousness of the pursuit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't even think about the whole difference because, you know, my first thought was, hey, come on, how about a good NASCAR, you know, put him in the ditch move. <laughs> but that may not be as easy with a big truck like that because just everything's different than something in a regular car size. Absolutely. And if you watch the video, you can see multiple times where we tried to stop mm-hmm. him and hit him off the road and it was just very difficult but the persistence paid off and and we finally got him and and that's the good thing about this is yeah. at, despite how dangerous it was we didn't have any injuries um and you know sheet metal can be replaced but the human life could not be and uh if god forbid he had gone into a school zone or oh, something yeah he could have definitely killed a lot of people so i saw i guess fhp one of their cars looks a little crunched a couple of your canine uh, suvs i think are roughed up a little bit yeah, we had six damaged patrol cars, and FHP had a damaged car as well, wow. plus some citizen cars and some signs he took out uh, during the pursuit. Oh, my goodness. What a crazy thing. Uh, one thing that's been a topic, you know, when we talked to Art for a while now, and it's it's the case across the country, and, and especially in, even here in Florida, even though our governor is doing a great job in trying to get folks to come work for law enforcement, and I know that some have moved from places like New York. Uh, you had a big career fair here, I guess it was last Saturday, uh, but odds are everything's not filled that quickly. How, how'd, the, uh, how'd the fair go? We had a strong turnout at the event. We haven't had anything like this um, that I can recall in some time. And mm-hmm. the nice thing about having something on site was that we got to showcase a lot of the different areas of ASO that people don't get to see, like what Human Resources does or Fleet or Accounting and Budget or a property unit, uh, in addition to our communications center and what it's like to be a patrol deputy or corrections officer. And those who were interested and came out to the event could talk to the employees that worked in those areas. They could start the application process on scene, get fingerprinted, even start a background check, uh, tour the communications center. We had, a, we had a good turnout. We ended up getting 33 applications. Wow. But we'd like to remind people we still have vacancies. So if you're on the fence, it's not too late to join our team. We encourage everyone to go to our website and see what's available. And remember, we also offer sponsorships. 
so you can get paid to go to school and get the certifications necessary to be a law enforcement officer or a corrections officer. So we encourage people to apply. That's some great careers there. And uh, maybe if you're good at body work, they could uh, put you to work uh, right now as well. Now, there, was, <laughs> there was kind of a, a strange incident happened uh, over at, at the Wawa there on uh, Archer Road. Uh, just, to, I guess, it was the last week or so. What's What was up with that? Yeah, the Archer Road Wawa hasn't been open very long. And, uh, you know, we, we helped them with their grand kickoff. But this was a tragic case of domestic violence that occurred back on August 18th. Uh, Dexter Hall um, stabbed his girlfriend in the parking lot oh. multiple times, and then he fled the scene prior to law enforcement getting there. Thankfully, the deputies that got there using their training and, uh, and medical aid were able to, to help her and get EMS uh, to her and get her to the hospital to be treated for her injuries. And deputies uh, ended up walking an arrest warrant through for Mr. Hall. And with assistance from the Williston Police Department, shout out to them, we were able to locate Hall and arrest him for attempted murder. Wow. You know, that's one thing that's really cool about law enforcement in this area. Uh, everybody does work together because obviously you've got city lines, you've got county lines, uh, but we're all within the state and, you know, we're all proud Floridians. And, you know, just a hats off seriously to all the agencies. And, and I know you see it on a regular basis in working in the, in the PIO office, uh, how everybody really does uh, work together because it, it is it is about about safety and taking care of the citizens. Absolutely. We're all on the same page and we have the same mission. And Sheriff Watson feels the same way about the community. I mean, we could do better together, mm-hmm. great things together if we if we all just keep you know our eyes on the prize and stay focused on yeah. keeping our community safe and informed. You know, one thing that I know uh, a lot of motorcyclists are interested in, and I know folks who maybe are in the shooting that go to the ranges, they know that accidents can happen. And when that happens and someone is in a serious life-threatening situation involving bleeding, maybe after a car accident, uh, stop the bleed is is more than just a phrase. It is really something that really all of us really should learn. And there's a, a program that I think may help with that, help out with that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, the Stop the Bleed and Tactical Medical Training is a program that uh, both GPD and ASO started years ago. And when we got introduced to combat medicine and being able to do things like apply tourniquets and apply quick clot mm-hmm. um, or C-lock, some people call it, to, to stop the bleeding on something like that. Because uh, before we had been minimally effective, you know, we, we carried first aid kits in our car, it had bandages and things like that. But what we needed was emergency uh, medical training and aids so that we could uh, prevent people from losing their life, bleeding out or losing a limb by being able to practice these skills. And today, um, ASO's very own Sergeant Todd Thomas will be teaching his tactical medical training uh, to the Alachua County school nurses and staff. The class involves both lecture and scenario-based exercises so that our school medical staff are trained to do their part in the event of a serious medical emergency at a school. I think sometimes we forget that more than just law enforcement can do their part to ensure that we are ready. God forbid something horrific like an active shooter situation happen mm-hmm. at a school. And training together and being familiar with everyone's roles and responsibilities can be a real game changer. Yeah, those nurses, uh, you know, they, they, they've got a lot more responsibility than handing out an aspirin. Uh, I think they, they need a, a little kudos there, too. Uh, in wrapping up, I know that you wanted to commend some of your folks. I know that, uh, and, and I had seen actually, I guess, on Facebook not too long ago, uh, some pictures of folks that I know. Looks like you had some promotions that actually are going to be effective uh, in just a few days. Right. On August 28th, we have some promotions. We'd like to congratulate uh, Major Chad Scott, who's been promoted to colonel. And Lieutenant John Shawbrush has been promoted to captain, and he'll be taking over our Office of Professional Standards. 
Uh, Lieutenant Josh Cruz is promoted to captain, and he'll be taking over our Special Operations Division. Sergeant Rich Howell promoted to lieutenant and will oversee our drug unit. And then Sergeant Eric Hutchinson was promoted to lieutenant within patrol. Deputies Lance Cannon and Cleveland Cox were promoted to sergeants, and they'll also be on the road. And then finally, um, in an admin uh, right, IT support manager Mike Robinson has been promoted to IT director. He uh, filled the place of John Morehouse, who had been here for many, many years. Well, congratulations to all those getting promotions for the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, and thanks to Captain Kaylee Beal for sharing the details of that. Thank you. Thank you for back in the blue. You might have heard the words voter suppression this week when it came to Alachua County. Next, former mayor of Gainesville and the guy that leads the Republican committee here in Alachua County, Ed Braddy. Next on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks for listening to the Bob Rose Rewind on 97.3 The Sky. Hope your weekend is off to a great start so far. Greg Cassidy sitting in for the vacationing Bob Rose. So we had primary elections this past week, and the words voter suppression did pop up in Alachua County when suddenly there just didn't seem to be enough ballots in primarily Republican voting areas. Ed Braddy, former mayor of Gainesville, and, of course, he leads the Republican committee here in the Alachua County area, had some questions about that, so we asked him. We say good morning to our friend Ed Braddy. How are you, sir? Ah, doing, doing well, Greg. Doing well. You- <laughs> wow. Yesterday was a day, and there's a few things that I know that you've got perspective on that some folks, and I know there's some things that you're going to be chomping at the bit, as they say, to, to express. But a, a couple of things I want to ask you first. So what's your thought on the Ed Belarski and Ward thing? Now, we're going to be going to a runoff there. You've had that gig. What's your opinion on kind of how that turned out versus how you might have thought? And looking at everybody else that now is out of the running and who voted for them, how does that fare in a Belarski ward election come November? Well, um, I kind of figured with so many candidates running for that seat, it would likely go to a runoff because unless unless one candidate hits fifty plus one, then just the top two go. So mm-hmm. that seemed likely. I mean, I was. I think all all common sense people were were full of Fred Bilarski. Uh I can't fathom how anyone could vote for Harvey Ward, whose fingerprints are all over the destruction of city government in Gainesville. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the GRU uh, bills that are outrageous; it's the city's finances that are in shambles, and all of that. So. The guy who voted on policy that get, got us there is in the runoff with the guy who was brought in to try to fix the financial problems mm-hmm. and then was fired because he was honest about trying to fix the financial problems. So, uh, yeah, but that, that'll that be an interesting race. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think Ed Belarski is positioned well uh, to win it. So well, okay. we'll see. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that that is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, school board did not go the way that a whole a whole lot of folks were hoping for Alachua County. I think that some folks were confused because we kept hearing people go, so I can vote for all four, can I vote for one, but then they're all on my ballot. I, I think some folks really didn't grasp how that varies because you don't have to just vote for whose district you're in. Yeah. 
first, let's say uh, congratulations to Kay Abbott. Yes. He won. Uh, he won a, a race, and uh, it, it proves that a Republican can, in fact, win a countywide race in Alachua County. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, also want to uh, really congratulate and thank the other candidates that we supported for running great races. We are d- disappointed in the results. Uh, but Mildred Russell, Ray Holt, and Dan Fisher, outstanding individuals, and I think they represented uh, themselves well. And uh, we are disappointed that uh, we didn't uh, win those races. It, it also, just as we can, just as we've proven a Republican can win countywide, we still prove that this is a very tough environment for Republicans generally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to you know see what comes from this. Now, come fall, you're looking to be on the Alachua County Commission itself. What are your thoughts on that? Um, see, earlier comment, we've proven a Republican can win countywide. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, on, on a day like today, it's not about me. It's about cleaning up this mess now mm-hmm. because the voters deserve today to have the transparency and trust in our election process. They don't right. need to wait until November and hear me me complaining about it after my name's on the ballot. Now we had a listener so call we had a listener yeah. call earlier that this morning and they said they were in Newberry at seven o'clock in the morning and they couldn't even get a sample ballot as a Republican. And that made them feel a little uneasy. But then it's what happened later in the day that you and State Senator Keith Perry were talking about, which applied to both High Springs and Newberry. So kind of set the stage of, of how you found out what was going on and then kind of respond from there, I guess. So in addition to having great candidates we were behind, we have fantastic supporters uh, who were working hard for our candidates, and they were pretty much giving us uh, almost minute-by-minute updates on things. In addition... We deployed poll watchers, not poll workers, but uh, people who are authorized by the party or candidates to be inside the precincts monitoring mm-hmm. things, and they would provide updates. And then, yes, uh, shortly before 6, we got reports of ballot shortages in the outlying precincts that tend to vote uh, Republicans. Um, and, of course, we're all spread out. There's precincts all over the county. Um, I started heading to High Springs. Uh, Stafford Jones, who's a state committee man, headed over to Newberry. We kept getting reports of at least one or two other precincts. Um, we did alert other people, other officials. That's how you know, Keith Perry got involved. Mm-hmm. And I got out to High Springs, and I go in, and the place is filled with voters who can't vote. Wow. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. There's more than 50 sitting in this very small High Springs Civic Center. Um, and, and you know, you see the frustration on everyone's face. I'll bet. Um, and it, it, this, this, this is something that should not, and you, you can't imagine it happening. I mean, this is, this is where I got into the, um, yeah, there's sloppiness, and then there's just incompetence. And mm-hmm. there's there are there's clearly things that happen throughout the day and throughout the period where you can say, well, this is just, you know, sloppy action, people not following through. But the the idea that you would short ballot Republicans in Republican strongholds that are a half hour away from the supervisor's office in terms of getting new ballots is just inexcusable. There's you know, there's and, and if you're a passing 
you know, if you're if you're if you're a casual observer on the passing scene, you may think, okay, well, that's just an oddity. Mm-hmm. But if you know anything about elections anywhere in the country, you know that historically Democrats vote early, Republicans vote late. Right. That's true both in terms of early voting days versus election day, but it's also true uh, in terms of early in the morning, late in the evening. Historically, and it's not necessarily the way we prefer, but it's just the way it is. A lot of Republicans wait till they get off work on Election Day and they vote before they go home. Right. So this is a super well-established sort of rule of politics or a rule of elections. And so to not have enough ballots, but it gets even worse. Uh, so our, you know, what was observed was that the, the clerk out in this, at least a high springs place, uh, was in fact aware that they were getting low on Republican ballots, but didn't call in for new ones until almost uh, six o'clock. It was like five forty before she put the call in. And seven o'clock and was then, when polls were supposed to close, right? Exactly. Wow. And then at seven o'clock when they closed. So, yep. so you know, you have to factor in the time to run them out, and then the uh, the supervisor sends a runner with you know new ballots to mm-hmm. come out. And that person has multiple precincts ahead. Instead of sending one runner for each precinct, we had a, you know, we had one runner for all of the precincts that wow. were short. And uh, and from what I understand, again, Stafford Jones was at the Newberry one, but a batch was delivered, which were quickly all used by Republicans waiting, and then they were out again. They had to wait again. So this I, just is, man. you know, I use the phrase voter suppression through incompetence. Um some might read more into the the you know the reason why the polls you know why why the ballots mm-hmm. weren't there and uh, because of the lack of transparency they have every reason to to be frustrated and to think that way. Well, um, and I guess that's the so, question because, like you said, anybody who's been around politics knows kind of how the game works as far as who votes when. So you know, how do they even determine? Do they not look at previous elections? How do they determine? Do you think how many ballots need to get sent to a given precinct? You know, that well, the, day. The, you know. Yeah, that's a great point. And the first and the the, the, the most obvious uh, approach to this is to say, okay, how many registered Republicans are in this precinct and mm-hmm. registered Democrats in this precinct and registered MPAs? And let's make sure there's one ballot for each of them. Right. Because they're in a secured location. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to have a, you know, a gazillion ballots unmarked just laying around. They're right. in a secured place. So there's no excuse not to not to have one vote for one registered voter in every single precinct. Wow. You know, in a secured location. Uh, so so the so I, I don't have an answer. I was at the supervisor's office about midnight last night. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> watching the sausage get made, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I still don't have an answer as to why they didn't match the number of ballots with the number of registered voters in that precinct. And mm. uh, and again, it, it, what's frustrating, Greg, is it all tends to skew in one direction. Right. You know, it's, you can in good faith accept that people make mistakes and that accidents happen. And, you know, like I said, sloppy work is sometimes that we're at, at issue. Mm-hmm. But when they all skew in one direction, well, then that's a bigger problem. Right. Well, at least it is good to know that you are on it. 
Uh, Ed Braddy, we always appreciate what you do, and we will be watching your race again come fall. So good luck. I appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. There's Ed Braddy on the Bob Rose Rewind on 97.3 The Sky. Greg Cassidy in for Bob Rose. So Kat Kamek obviously was a part of the primary. That was an interesting scenario there of who all was running against her, potentially. Uh, we're going to talk to her about that and all things political. It's coming up next on the Bob Rose Rewind on 97.3 The Sky. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Rose Rewind on 97.3 The Sky. Greg Cassidy sitting in for Bob Rose. Obviously, politics and the primaries were the big discussion in our area this past week. And so we did our best to make sure that we kept you informed with the guests that we had on the show. And so we woke up Kat Kamek early one morning to find out her view on all things politics, and in particular, her race. Here's Kat Kamek on the Bob Rose Rewind. Cat. So, we had this little election thing going on yesterday. What do you think? Well, I, honestly, I'm, I'm thrilled with some of the results, disappointed with some of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, in our race, we we ended up with a little over 85% of the vote, which wow. extraordinarily humbling. And I just couldn't be more grateful than, than we are. I mean, to have people show up for you in a very low turnout um, election, which is really frustrating, you know, because primaries are where your voice really can be heard um, to get the person that you want. And um, we had so many great candidates, particularly our school board candidates. And uh, we got we got one, uh, Kay Abbott. She's mm-hmm. going to do wonderful. But, you know, there were so many great candidates that uh, unfortunately didn't make it through. So yeah. we're thrilled with the results of ours. Um, but locally, we, we wish that we had a different outcome in some of the races. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, and that is the, because I think we were kind of hoping with this one that, you know, folks would get off their duffs, get out and vote. And when you've got that scenario where it's like, you know, you feel like you're beating your head against the wall. And I know Bob talks about that. He's been here 20 years telling, you know, people in Gainesville and Alachua County, you can change things. There's enough of you, but not enough of you vote. And it seemed like it was starting out slow, and we were hoping it was going to pick up. But in the overall, the returns just weren't there like we hoped there would be. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I was I was calling and texting with folks all over the state yesterday, um, and we were seeing the same patterns all over the place. Hmm. Down in Miami, up in Jacksonville, we were seeing we were seeing that same low voter turnout all across the state and that that can be a mixed bag that can be good that can be bad yeah um but for folks that aren't traditionally voting in these primaries i i really wish that they would understand that this is critically important especially for our local races where you've got school board members you've got city commissioners county commissioners these folks have a real direct impact on your life and it's so important to get out and vote so Unfortunately, here in Alachua County, things didn't go the way that we wanted, um, you know, but that's that's a challenge. In Marion County, we got some great candidates uh, that won, mm-hmm. and we're excited about that. Uh, but now we look to November, and we've got the general to face. And that is definitely where I think everyone needs to turn out big, not just 70%. We need to have everybody turn out in the general election. 
So what was your thought on the whole Charlie Crist Returns saga? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Be it, nice. It, you're it on the radio, Kat. I, I know. I know. I had to sit there for a minute and think about this before we went on air. Uh-huh. Um, no, it, it's like the bad dream that won't end, right? You just cannot wake up from that nightmare. You know, one day he's a Republican, then he's an independent. Now he's a Democrat. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to, um, you know, interact with, with Charlie as mm-hmm. a member of Congress. And he is completely bought in to the ultra-liberal left ideology. And that's not what we need in Florida. People are moving to Florida in mass because of the common-sense policies that we have here, Mm -hmm. because we believe in freedom. And Charlie wants to undo all that. So we need to make sure that we're staying focused on getting Governor DeSantis reelected. We have got to make sure that people recognize that it, it, it really is um, a precarious situation when you have a governor who wants to shut down your business and mask up your kids and force vaccinations. That is not okay. That's what happens in California. That's what happens in Michigan and New York. We can't have that there. Uh, and, and so what Charlie would do is return Florida into a blue utopia, and we don't want that, and we don't need that. So going to be interesting uh how charlie uh makes his pitch to voters mm-hmm. but uh so far what i've heard is is that he can hit the ground running well we already have somebody who can hit the ground running and i think we're going to keep him right where he's at yeah you look at how well the governor did uh through the whole COVID thing and then you've got chris saying that ron DeSantis is the biggest th- even though we're not a democracy we keep reminding them of that but ron DeSantis is the biggest threat to democracy since trump I mean, that's just ludicrous. I mean, our entire constitutional republic, as we know it to be, because we are not a democracy, is uh, based on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, liberty means you living the life that you want to live, not what the government dictates for you. Mm -hmm. And what we have seen, again, out of the ultra-radical hard left, is this, this mindset that government knows best. And we know that government does not know best. And so more that we, the more that we can return from the federal government to the states, where the states then are in charge of education, where the states are in charge of environmental policy, things like that, that's where you see the best decisions and the most prosperous decisions being, being made. So I, I think Governor DeSantis, I don't want to say he has it in the bag because you can never take anything for granted. No. But he's positioned so well because his common sense agenda cuts across party lines. It's it's not a Republican agenda. It's not a Democrat agenda. It's a common sense, pro-individual, pro-family agenda. So I think he'll be great. The, the race that'll be interesting, I think, to watch that we have to work hard for is our Senate race. Um, there's going to be a lot of money, outside money especially, coming in. Uh, to support Val Demings in her bid to unseat Marco Rubio. So Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of work to do there. Well, I think it says a lot that uh, when you've got someone touting their 20 years uh, as law enforcement, that uh, you look how many sheriffs, police departments, um, you know, organizations are backing Rubio. That that should tell you something. Well, exactly. You know, and and again, I serve with Val Demings in Congress, Mm -hmm. and uh, her and I have had some very interesting conversations, but you know, despite what she says, look at her actions. Yeah. She has voted to defund police. Wow. 
you can't defend that. No. And so that seems to be the playbook of, you know, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But, you know, what they're doing is completely contrary to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And for someone who says that they're going to be champion of law enforcement and then turns around and votes to defund them, yeah. give me a break. And then the, I know you're you're I guess you're going to be heading back to D.C. pretty quick, right? Yeah, um, we'll have um, a few more days here mm-hmm. at home, and uh, I'll be going around the district and uh, visiting with folks, and gotcha. we've got a lot of meetings and events. But uh, we'll be in for <clears throat> the basically the month of September, mm-hmm. um, and then October is when the, the general election really ramps up. Kat Kamek, yeah. our third district uh, congresswoman. Uh, again, congrats, and uh, maybe you can actually get a little sleep today. Is that a crazy thought or what? I'm probably not going to get much sleep, but uh, I appreciate the sentiment. Kat Kamek on the Bob Rose Rewinds, and we also heard from Ed Braddy, Captain Kaylee Beal from the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, and Representative Daniel Perez. All part of the show this week and part of the Bob Rose Rewind this morning. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and hope to see you bright and early Monday morning. It's the Bob Rose Show, 97.3 The Sky. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.